What's up, everybody? Before you get to your show, it's DJ and Bucky here from Move the Sticks. Bucky, tell everybody what's coming up on our next episode. Uh, we're going to talk about the top quarterback performances at the NFL Combine. Also, some other Combine standouts that stood out to you and I, and the Brock Oswald effect, how he could impact the draft where he goes. Yeah, you can check that. Move the Sticks, NFL.com slash podcast, YouTube, as well as iTunes. What's poppin'? This is Nate Burleson, and this is the R&B Podcast. We got a special show for y'all today. Hey, yo, TD, let me get that intro, baby. I see you behind the scenes right there. Hey, listen, so this is the R&B podcast. We are back. We don't have my man Mike Robb. You know, me and Mike Robb, are, we're, we're, we're going through uh, a time apart right now. But I do have a special guest today. My man, Sam Martin, my former teammate, my boy, and now the current punter for the Detroit Lions. Sam, what's popping? What up, Nate? Thanks for having me, man. Of course, man. Of course. So we're going to jump right into it because we don't have much time. We're limited today. So I got you on the road right now. People that are listening, my man Sam, he just got done with a workout. He's on the road. He's in L.A. slash Newport Beach. I don't know how all that works, but he took some time to talk to us. Um, Calvin Johnson, that is my boy. I think a lot of people know that. You know, I, I've, I've spoke highly about him as a friend and a teammate, but you've been with him since you got in the league. What I want you to do is tell me what you've seen when you first got in and what you've seen lately and how that relates to this conversation of him retiring. Well, first of all, I mean, obviously everyone knows it's no secret. Calvin is a, a top-notch pro. I mean, everything he does is, is, is just extreme – professionalism and um he's been it's been an honor and, and absolutely amazing just being able to see him the last three years play um but from the first time i got into to this past season i mean nothing he's he's real i mean you know he's real strategic in what he does he's he's always in the early or in there late and uh i mean i, I wish I, I i have no idea what's going to happen man I, I i can only hope that he's coming back Right, right, right. I, I feel you on that. I think we're all in that same boat. Nobody really truly knows, but we hope for the sake of the game that Calvin does come back. Um, ha- have you, before we get into you as a punter, um, i got to ask you one more question about Calvin. How do you think the Detroit Lions will change if he does retire? Well, obviously he's a huge piece to what we do, um, and he has been forever. Uh, so – there's definitely going to have to make some changes, and and uh, I think it's just a matter of uh, you know finding someone to to at least try to to pick up where where we're leaving off with Calvin. Obviously, there's no replacing Calvin Johnson, but uh, you know I think that's going to be a big part if if he does decide to retire. I mean, we got to 
you know, other other players got to step up, and we got to hopefully try to find someone that can come in and and play at a high level. Um, but uh, that's that's like I said, no easy feat. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that you could read in between the lines, uh, but was there a point in the season, or was there any time this year where you thought this could be the end, or or after the season ended, the conversation about him retiring retiring was a shock, like? Like what? What is your stance on that? It was it was a huge shock to me. I think it was. I mean, a big shock to everybody. Apparently, there's a few there's a few people you know who found out right away, or maybe had known. I'm I don't really know the details there. But when I first heard it, I was like, no way, because honestly, the the way he played and 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 you know he fought through some injuries this year, just like he has in the past, it really didn't seem much different to me. It was just you know Calvin grinding, doing his thing, and and you know just another year. Of, of of playing tough football for him, um, so it was it came as a shock to me for sure, as, as I'm sure it did for most people. All right, so enough about Calvin. Let's 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 talk about let's talk about Sam. Let's talk about Sam Samuel Martin. Way more interesting topic. Way more interesting. So <laughs> this is this. So I I know you right. Like you came in you came in the league and you were just a baby. You were brand new, um, a young kid with a big ass leg. I don't know if I can say ass, but I said it uh, on my podcast. My bad, TD. And I, one thing I knew right away that you could boot that ball, and you were extremely confident. Like you came in right away, and you thought to yourself, "This is me being kind of like the big brother on the team." You didn't really see yourself as like the traditional punter because for so long in the NFL, the punter was so far removed from media conversations, radio podcasts. Um, they weren't looked at as guys who were, you know had swag and. Nobody really was concerned about the kicker or the punter, but you had a different mindset. Why was that? Well, to be honest, man, like, like, so growing up, I mean, I didn't really start kicking a football until my senior year of high school. So for me, it was, um, you know, I was more of, you know, I played basketball and baseball and, and, and so getting into and soccer. And so then when I started kicking footballs, I kind of never really had the mentality. It was like, okay, I'm a kicker and they're football players, you know, it's kind of just, right. Hey, I can kick a football far. I might as well go out here and try doing this. And then, um, it was kind of always a grind for me to even get to the league. You know, I, I had the one year in high school and then I'm going to a small school and then was fortunate enough to get drafted, but I still felt like, you know, I had something to prove. And, um, it was co- going to the Lions was actually a big, a huge part of that too, because I mean, I've only been with them obviously, but other guys I've talked to have, have told me, um, you know, not not every team is as tight and and has the type of like right. uh, camaraderie that right. that we had those last few years. Um, so that made it real easy to transition. Um, I never really, other than maybe the first OTAs and minicamp and all that, I never really did feel like a rookie, uh, especially when the season got started. Everyone was pretty accommodating in that sense. Um, and then yeah, you know, there's a lot of punters out there doing it now. They're kind of breaking the mold of the of the specialist mentality. They're getting into media and um, you know, you got Pat McAfee, who's a, a comedian, a kicker by day and a comedian by night, and he's just <laughs> killing it. So, um, you got Steve Weatherford. So there's there's the the there's definitely alleys opening up for for the for the specialists to, you know, get, get find their place somewhere other than uh, spitting spitting seeds on the sidelines. All right, so so let, let's let's dive into that a, a little bit further. You know what you said in, in the beginning of that statement was that you didn't start kicking till your senior year. So uh, tell me about how you saw yourself as an athlete, like what you thought you were going to do, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior year, and then 
that transition into basically deciding, okay, I'm a strong kicker or punter. I can do that. So I'm going to take that lane because I want you to talk about it because I went to a small school too. I didn't have a great high school career. I went to Nevada, Reno, um, and I ended up getting drafted. But there's a lot of kids who they they have themselves in this box, and if they're not the superstar, then they 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 don't have much esteem in what they do. So how was that transition from – you know what? I could play every sport. I'm not a punter, but then you know what? I am a good punter, so this this could be a path for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's kind of what it came down to. I mean, I was I was, you know, I was your your average mid sized basketball player. But I was I was excelled pretty good at uh, soccer, so I had a lot of offers to play soccer, and that was kind of like my my route. And then um, the football coaches, you know, kept nagging me about getting out there, so I was like. I ended up committing to Georgia State to play soccer like my junior year or something. So it was like my senior year, whatever, I'll go out there and kick some balls. And I started getting interest with these big schools. I'm like, well, you know, I was kind of settling um, with the soccer scholarship thing. I was kind of over it, but it was a free school type thing. And then um, I was like, this is kind of neat. This is cool. And, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was just swinging as hard as I could. And once I got some coaching and went on a few visits to some big schools, I was like, this is sweet. So yeah. ended up doing the app state thing and um was the best decision of my life obviously and you just i just kind of rolled into that you know with the same mentality you know i'm at this small school but especially being a punter there's no reason why i can't stand out um and and get my shot um which is all i ever really wanted so everything kind of just fell into place i was very fortunate for it all to happen the way it did um i definitely wouldn't change it one bit yeah no i I feel you on that so for me, being a guy that I played 11 years and I, you know I've enjoyed some good times in this league, but there's there's a expiration date on skill players because you know we can only run and jump for so long. Uh, when you're a kicker or a punter and you're good at it, you can last a long time. So is that your mindset, like for, from a, a punter's perspective, a kicker's perspective? Do you get in the league and say? You know, I, I want to play 10, 15, 20 versus, like, skill players. Really, all I wanted to do was beat the average. I can't. I got drafted in 03. I said, oh, if, I, if I beat two and a half, three years, I beat the average and I did something that nobody else can do. But, you know, my career ended up going a little bit longer. How, how do you view, like, the future of your leg and how long you want to play? Yeah, I mean, that's, it's def- that's definitely a perk of the position is um... – is is the longevity if possible so you know i mean i to be quite honest with you as long as someone's going to pay me and and as long as my services are still wanted i'm going to keep playing so whether that's eight years 10 years or 18 years um there's still a few punters in the league that are you know they're 15 to 20 years right now and it's Mm. it's incredible and they're still punting at a high level so it's definitely possible um you know, and, and eventually I'll probably start picking some of those guys' brains. Like, you know, how, what, what did you do? How do you, how do you last 18 years in this league? And, and, uh, but that's definitely, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think I wouldn't be doing the position justice if I called it quits early. You know, it's like, I'm lucky enough to be able to play this long. I better play as long as I can. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have a set date on it. As long as my body lets me, as long as someone wants me, I'm playing. I can dig that. I can dig that, man. So, uh, tell me about the Detroit Lions next year. What is um, the needs, and what do you think you guys will address in this offseason, whether it's in the draft or free agency? Um, 
it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I unfortunately haven't got a chance to meet the, the new, uh, the new management and executives and all that, but, um, I, you know, I'm not sure what route they'll take, but I think we really, um, I don't think we could go wrong anywhere. Um, I don't think we're really hurting in one spot, but I, I definitely think, um, we could use a little help pretty much across the board. And, um, it's going to be really exciting. Um, from what I hear, these guys are doing a great job back there uh, in Detroit and, and, um, everyone's liking them and uh, i think that's gonna be a big thing and and having coach caldwell and the staff back is was freaking huge man i know everyone's real stoked about that so um this year could be a big year man i think uh i think with the right moves this off season and uh the coaches remaining i think there's i think this is gonna be a fun season all right so I, i'm gonna uh even before i let you go i want to do a, a quick fire round basically i'm gonna give you one topic I might give you multiple choice. I might ask true or false. I might just ask for your answer. But these are quick hit questions. So I'm, I need you to think on your feet, which shouldn't be hard for a kicker. Okay, so right, yeah. Um, last year, after the Super Bowl and everything, who is the best team in the NFL? Who is the best what? Best team in the NFL. Um, yeah, Panthers. Ooh wee! Okay, all right. See, that's why I like this. So, uh, all right, now see, I gotta stop my line of questioning because <laughs> obviously the Denver Broncos won, right? We right. all know this. But you're saying that the Panthers, in your opinion, are still the best team of 2015-16. Yeah, I think so, dude. I went and saw a couple of the, the playoffs games. I saw you um, at the game. Yeah, that's right. I saw you in Charlotte. Yeah, and. uh and dude, I, I, I mean, obviously that game against Seattle, um, that was when I saw you at. I mean, they were on all cylinders, and so yeah. I, it was. I just remember sitting with my girlfriend and being like, "Man, this this team is is Legit. is thinking right now." Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, granted they didn't bring it home, um, but I mean that's like mid season. You'll have a two lost Packers who in the power rankings are ranked first. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, it's not the. Uh, I don't think that's the biggest deal. Obviously, it would have been nice to win the Super Bowl, but I still think that that was the best team this All right. season. I, I like that answer. All right, so uh, staying along those lines with the Carolina Panthers, uh, Cam Newton, celebrating too much or celebrating enough? Um, I don't have a problem with it. I think I think he's enough. It's just when you go in, when you start celebrating like that, you got to be ready for what he gets. You know, so yeah. what he gets in response, which you know, if he wants to deal with that, then that's on him. But I, I personally think he's, you know, I don't, he's, have, he's his prerogative. If he's having fun, you know, let the man dance. Okay, so over or under, Sam Martin has dabbed ten times. Over under what? Over or under, Sam Martin has dabbed ten times. Mm. How many times have you under. dabbed? Under. <laughs> So Actually, many, it was okay. my birth. It was my birthday this week, and I might have dabbed ten times in one night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, happy birthday! Um, yeah, you missed it, by the way. No, I know that was a good time because I mm. know how you get down, buddy. I like it. <laughs> it was right. a good time. I know it was. All right. Well, I, you know, maybe I'll catch up with you over the next couple of weeks, and we'll dab uh, out here in L.A. All right. Um, Peyton Manning, time to go or time to stay? Um. I'd say time to stay if he can if he still to play. Why not? Oh, okay. I like that. Regardless of how his season went last year. Yeah. 
Okay. Someone will t- someone will sign him if he doesn't stay with Denver. Nah, you're right about that. That that is a 100 percent fact. Okay. Um, Tom Brady, the best quarterback of our era or the best quarterback of all time? It's easy for me to say all time because I didn't play. I you know I didn't witness these other guys, but uh, the all timers. So I'm gonna say all time, but it's definitely arguable. Like that. Okay. All right. I can dig that. All right. So my last question, and this is really more of a free flowing answer that you can give, because this is the podcast, the R&B podcast, where we keep it real. Um, so I, I need you to give me a real answer. Not no politically correct. I'm not going to get you in trouble with the squad. Just talk <laughs> to me right now. The Detroit Lions win the Super Bowl next year. Okay. I run up on you. I'm there. I'm like, yo, Sam, I'm unattached. I'm not with the squad. I'm just there. I run up on you. I say, Sam, where are we going right now? We got 48 hours to party and celebrate. Where are we going? I think we're going to Vegas. <laughs> hey, Sam, I knew you were going to say that. I knew. Hey, New York, New York crossed my mind, but I think something like that, you got to, if you're staying in the country, you got to do Vegas, right? Right. I, I feel you. I mean, that's that's what the, the the Golden State Warriors did. The Broncos, they went straight to Vegas. All right. Yeah. So, all right. And no. especially, especially if we're taking your jet. Oh, no, we're taking CJ's jet. You know, I ain't got no jet. I ain't got jet money. <laughs> I got uh, first class money, but I ain't got jet money. Okay. So we're, <laughs> we're going to Vegas. We're not going to give anybody too, too much free publicity, but where are we staying? In Vegas. Cosmo. The Cosmo. Oh, I like it. All right. Hey, you know I'm, what? A, I'm a Cosmo fan. You're a Cosmo fan. Hey, you know what, Sam? Because you, my mans, forget the Super Bowl. I hope, obviously, I would love for you to get a ring because then I can brag on the fact that I play with a guy who got a ring. But <laughs> even if you don't, now that I know this exclusive information about where you like to go and party, the next time you go to Vegas, it's on me. And I'm I'm sponsoring your trip, and we're gonna be at the Cosmo. And you know I'm about my words, Sam. I don't play around. Wait, what did you just say there? Say it one more time. I'm saying that I'm gonna sponsor your, your trip to Vegas the next time you Shut go. Shut up. I got you. I, I, I'm a You're pay- lying. Come on, man. It's me, bro. Like whenever I ever said something, and I came through with it. You're right. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, th- that's that. That's what's going on. We're gonna do. We're gonna do Vegas and Cosmos on me. Hey, hey I Sam. Dig it. I appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me, man. Um, no, you're the man, dude. And then uh, whenever you need another another spare male, uh, spare male model for your uh, photo shoot again, you know who to call. Uh, you know I got you, Abercrombie. I mean, you, you that's got, another story. You, that's another story. <laughs> hey, Sam Martin did do a photo shoot for Lion Blood back in the day when he was brand new. And I was like, "What's up? Can I pay you?" He's like, yeah, "Just give me a shirt or a sweater." I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> so young, don't know the value." I was like, "All right, well, yeah, all right, yeah. bring your butt in here." I could make some money on that. Yeah, I know for real, man. But uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate you, man. And I'm, I'll meet you up uh, tonight after the show, man. See where you at. All right, brother. Sounds good, man. We'll see you. Uh, hey, and Thanks congr- for having and me. Congrats on being an uncle, man. Uncle Sam, is that is that where there you go? Is it Uncle Sam? That sounds kind of weird, though. It's kind of tight, though, right? It's kind of tight. (laughs) All right, bro, man. Have a good day, all right? All right, Nate. Later, man. All right, holla. All right, so um, that was Sam Martin. And my man joined us today. I appreciate that. See, this is what we do. We we drop exclusive. We we had some, some really interesting guests on this show. And Sam, for those who just heard him talk, 
is a real cat. Like, trust me when I say this young man knows how to have a good time. Uh, and, and we're going to have stories. I told you, I told TD, I told Marcus, and uh, Thugga Thugga, we're going to do this whole, like, L.A., L.A. Stories edition of R&B Podcast because, man, I tell you what, it is a good time out here in Los Angeles. We got our man Rand, who's our, you know, L.A. Oh, Street correspondent. Hey, Rand is – He's out here getting all the scoops, by the way. It's free agency, so Rand's Did you see here. Rand dropping news yesterday? Yes. Like, I'm catching my phone. I'm like, yo, what's going on? He's contradicting other reports. He's dropping real-life exclusives. He's right now. For the, those that don't know, we're talking about Rand Gatlin, who joined us a lot two weeks yeah. ago. So go back and listen to that. It's like the – get the insights of being an NFL insider. Insights. And he is a true NFL insider, and he's an L.A. insider. Yep. It's busy out here in the streets. Before we head out of here, though, real quick, man, you seen one of these boys uh, Steph's out here doing? <laughs> Steph Curry? Yes. Bro. Like, What's I, your take on that? Have you ever been in a locker room or on a team or in the league? Obviously, you played with Calvin where guys are just next level like that right now. Yeah, like the, the year that Calvin um, broke that record and he was going after Jerry Rice's record, it was, it was crazy because Calvin didn't talk about it, but everybody else did. Um, and we were so enamored at the fact that Calvin was tackling one of the biggest records in NFL history and literally didn't care. Like he didn't, he didn't give two shrugs about it. And we were so caught up in the fact that we are not only witnessing history, but we're part of history. So I watched Steph and I, I think like Steph Curry is phenomenal. 12 for 16 from the three point line. I mean that last Off shot, bro. Like he just—he <laughs> was coming up court. He crossed half court and just looked at the dude. Like, word, you're giving me that much space, and just let one go. I mean, the man's nice. I heard some older NBA players, you know, give their opinion. I think it was uh, Oscar, Oscar Robinson, Robinson, yep, who came out and said, "Well, Isaiah know, Thomas came out too day, as well." Isaiah's numbers were dumb. If you compare yep. Isaiah's numbers to Steph's, but I'll say this though, you know. You know, people may say, well, Nate, you don't have no business talking basketball. But, you know, I, the majority of my scholarships came from basketball. My brother played in the NBA. Um, brother's a coach right now. He's, he's in the Rockets. He's the Houston yeah. Rockets, yep. And I got two other brothers that played overseas. So, hoop is in my blood. And I'm a huge, huge NBA fan. So, I know hoop. Uh, I'll say this, though. Steph Curry, I don't care in any era. He's chopping cats up. And it's crazy because – he makes it look so easy. And, and I, you know, I, I, one, I got to credit Mark Jackson because Mark Jackson got fired and then Steve Kerr came in and Steve Kerr took over the team. And people still say, well, that's Mark's squad. It might be Mark's squad, but they have Steve, Steve Kerr's imprints. And he made an impact on that squad because I feel like he was like, look, we can shoot better than most teams. Let's shoot it all the time. And we're just going to shoot. <laughs> like, And it's almost genius. Like, if you just coach shooting and you make your team the most efficient shooters, then you can – that's a weapon. I mean, you, you see the runs they go on, like, it'll be a close game in the third quarter, and then they'll just get hot and yep. go up by 12 in two minutes. Like, that's that's their mentality. And it's, you know, me thinking about the parallels between basketball and football, if you do something well, then do that. The Denver Broncos, DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller – if you can bring pressure without bringing an extra man, then do that. And they practiced that. And that was one of their strengths. They went in and faced Cam Newton, Mr. Superman, and 
didn't change their game in the ninth inning. They was basically like, look, we're going to bring pressure and we're going to drop guys in the coverage and we have two guys that are literally unblockable and we're going to make Cam Newton uncomfortable. Steph Curry. Steve Kerr said he has an ultimate green light. I will never tell him when to shoot or when not to shoot. The man just pulled up from 38 feet for a, for the game. For the game winner. And it By was, choice. And it was butter, though. <laughs> it was it was butter. And he – I mean, the, all right, I love the game winner. But the degree of difficulty in the other shots in that game, <laughs> if if nobody has seen these highlights, I please, please go and YouTube it, wherever you got to go to NBA.com, get your highlights, and watch this game versus the Thunder – the game winner is great. You probably heard about the game winner or seen the game winner. I want you to watch the highlights because he is shooting shots off balance. He's falling backwards, and he's chopping over cats. Over seven-footers. Uh, over seven-footers, like right in your mustache. Who's that, Scola? He, I don't know who it was. but uh, They had uh, Steven was, Adams. Yeah, Steven he had the Adams. stash. Yeah, Steven Adams. Yeah. Hey, hit that dude right in his face. Uh, Steph Curry is dumb nice, but – um, I, I like what he's doing. And I'm, I'm a fan of the moment. Like a lot of people get so caught up in, well, let's just wait or let's compare him to the Bulls and let's see yeah. if they get the 72 of 10. And, you know, well, he's not as good as, you know, the, the guys from yesteryear. Man, I don't understand why people are so caught up in comparisons. Drop the comparisons and live in the moment. And right now in this moment, Steph Curry is the best basketball player on earth. And what makes him even more special is he's not the fastest guy in the NBA. I dare you to tell me that he's dunked more than five times this year. Um, and, you know, he, he seems to be non-threatening, but he is a quiet killer. Like, they they call uh, Kevin Durant the easy money sniper. That was his nickname yep. when he first got in the league. Yep. I'm not really sure. Babyface assassin for Baby sure right now. Babyface assassin yep. for sure. And I know that's been used before, but that is literally – him though, yeah, no and facial hair. He's just hitting cats from the balcony with the long range sniper rifle. Yep. And the funny thing about living in the moment, I man, Thuggy here. He's you know he's a hipster guy. He's like, oh, I don't believe in him so much. The the bad the downside to not being in the moment and is that you know not wanting to like be a prisoner of the moment, so to speak. Right. Is the you might not appreciate appreciate greatness as it's happening. Right. And, and that's what's happening right now. And, that, and that's <laughs> and that's my, my ultimate point is if. Something is happening that's great. Let's embrace it. Just like Cam Newton this year. Yep. It was Enjoy. greatness. Enjoy. But there were so many people trying to make all these comparisons. Well, he's not this. He's not well, he's not Tom Brady. He's not necessarily Russell Wilson. And and, and you know, Randall Cunningham did it before, and there was guys that ran yep. and could throw. I'm like, why? Right now. Just stop and watch this man and appreciate the fact that in 2015, 2016, somebody is giving you something that, one, we haven't seen in a long time and we won't see in a long time. There will never be a dude – well, there will be, but for a long time, there's not going to be a dude coming in the NBA that's undersized, that isn't the fastest, that doesn't dunk over you and dominates as much as Steph Curry. Like, dominates again. Give me give me a guy. Like I, I, I dare you to give me a guy. Give me a guy that's as explosive offensively. He has the highest efficiency rating of all time currently – over overtaking Will Chamberlain, who was a seven footer who played in the paint against the paint. people not even as tall and as was, him, close to him, and scored a hundred. And and Will Chamberlain was unstoppable, literally yeah. in in the paint. They, uh, I don't know if this is true, but I heard that they made the free throw rule that you couldn't cross the line because <laughs> Will Chamberlain would jump from his free throw and lay it up. And they were like, "Well, you can't cross the line before it hits the rim." 
and that's how that rule came out. All the out. big game changers, man, they try to change the rules for them. Shaq was the same thing, and now they're talking about, hey, let's move the three-point line back because Curry's out here dominating. So it's just pretty insane. But lastly, you compared him to his Calvin Johnson's record-breaking season. Yeah. The way I sort of see it is this season – Cam and Russell had this three- or four-week binge where they were 19, 19 touchdowns and zero or one interceptions combined. That's like what Curry's doing, and but he's done that all year. Yeah. It's like he's just far and ahead performing at an extremely high level, and we've just never seen anything like it. And it's crazy because you would think that there's going to be a guy that locks him up or there's going to be a team that figures it out, but there hasn't been a squad yet that can put the clamps on Steph Curry. So, you know – a big shout-out to Steph Curry, man. That man is killing the game. Uh, man, I love hoop. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lightweight hooper. Well, um, we have reached the end of our show. This is the R&B Podcast. I am Nate Burleson, and my man Mike Robb would say I am. Back next week. Real Mike Robb. He'll be back next he week. We'll be back next week. And uh, we have something special because my man, Shaw Infinite, hits us with it. The intro, and that's like the subtle joint, you know what I'm saying? Like if we were, we're a sitcom, a sitcom. Think, think Martin back in the think day. Martin you know? back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Like Martin, like that. I, I like that. That that's Shaw's joint. But then I have my man, Dave Mazio, aka Wisdom, who hit me up as soon as I put out the APB about people sending me beats and intros. He was like, Nate, I want to do an intro for y'all. He's like, you know, I like what Wale did for first take, and I like the shy infinite joint. He's like, I want to send something to you. And mind you, I've been on the track with this dude before as New Balance. People don't know, like I'm a lightweight poet. I used to think I was going to be a, a rapper when I was growing up. And and me and my mans used to be in high school in class writing bars. Like we literally was like the Ebony and Ivory. He's a, he's a white dude, and he used to spit. He loved Wu-Tang, loved Wu-Tang. And I loved Mace. Two dudes from Seattle who thought they were from the East Coast. I'm wearing my hat past my eyebrows, talking slow. Like, yes, what's up? This is Nate, Nate and Mason Betha. And then he was over here with the Tims in the bubble jacket thinking he uh, jizzed So it was two cats that just loved hip-hop in high school. So this is my man, Wisdom. Check out this track that he made for the R&B podcast. Producer on the beat is our Reminisce. Shout out to Reminisce, producing on the beat. y'all joining us um like i said if you guys have beats you guys want to make a track or you guys got questions remember we got the r&b hotline hit my man up at producer td on twitter uh shout out to the team marcus thugga thugga the whole squad behind the screen 
Um, this is the Army, big shout man. out Thugga Thugga. This was the last show of the season. Oh man, I was like, way sad. Like me and Thugga had a moment right last here. week. He walked in here and he was like, "Hey, yo, Nate, you know what I'm saying? You know, he like, right, this is it's coming, it's coming to the end." I'm like, "What you talking about?" He's like, "Yo, like, yeah, man, this is it." <laughs> he at the end of the road. It's gonna be all dramatic about it. Yeah, he got he got choked up, and I got choked up. I was like, bro, it's uncomfortable because I ain't really emotional like this. <laughs> I got tears in my throat right now. Uh, but nah, Tucker, Tucker, that's my man's, and we gonna connect again, obviously, man, because we we doing a lot of things out here. But hey, big shout out to you, bro. You did your thing this year, man. I appreciate you. Help uh, help start this, help build it. So yeah. you know, big shout out to Tucker, Tucker, real name D'Angelo though. Yeah, D'Angelo. He didn't love the Tucker, Tucker name to start with, but yeah, he didn't love it. But it yeah, became a situation. It became a thing. It so became a thing. You know what I'm saying? But uh, hey, I appreciate y'all. Remember, tune in, iTunes. Stitcher, YouTube, check us out. Without you, we don't have nothing. This is a show. This is a podcast. This is a movement. R&B the movie coming soon. And producer TD, I hear you. This is like Shaft meets meets like oh, crazy. Man, this is fire. Oh. You got you to go to the meeting, Nate. You got to go to the meeting. Oh, I was about to, you know I was about to spit something. I was about to spit something, bars off of the soul. That means I lift something. And let me chill, let me fall back. If this ain't the best podcast, then what you call that? Shout out to Thugga Thugga and TD. Y'all can always catch me on TV. This is where we be in LA. Back in the day, I rocked the Pele Pele. You remember Pele Pele with the Timbos? I'm moving through the street like a limbo. That means I'm low to the ground. Get it, limbo speaking. Man, let me get off this beat. I'm out.